welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas special presentation of the Breeders, Breeders' Cup Preview Show. I'm Ralph Sirocco, host of the Race Day Las Vegas Show, and with me is the in-house handicapper for the South Point for Horse Racing, John Lindo. Hey, Ralphie. And uh, Dwayne Cartolucci from the Rampart Hotel Casino. Thanks for welcome, having me guys. Out. Definitely. Uh, we're live here at the South Point Studios from the South Point Hotel Casino on the fabulous strip here in Las Vegas. And what we're going to do today is go over a little bit of the Breeders' Cup, the World Championship of horse racing. It's our Super Bowl. It's our World Series. It's our Stanley Cup playoffs. And so what we're going to do is for the next hour, we're going to go over and try to familiarize you with not only the horses, but the betting strategies and how it's going to lay out. First of all, the Breeders' Cup, uh, first uh, Breeders' Cup 40 years ago, uh, actually 39 years ago, this will be the 40th one, was held at Hollywood Park Racetrack, now defunct. It's now the home of the Los, uh, Los Angeles Rams and the uh, Chargers at SoFi Stadium. But in those days, uh, Hollywood Park was a premier racetrack, and the very, very first Breeders' Cup ever was in 1984, and it was won, the first race of the day was won by a horse called uh, Snow, uh, 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 Chief's Crown, I Chief's think Chief's Crown, Chief's yes. Chief's Crown, yes. That's right. And uh, Chief's Crown became Im immediately became the future book favorite for the Kentucky Derby the next year. On Friday, tomorrow, they'll be running five races, all for two-year-olds, and they're the stars of the future. And the horse that wins the Breeders' Cup Juvenile will definitely be the first uh, horse to be the Breeders, uh, the favorite for the Kentucky Derby as they opened up the Kentucky Derby Future Book bets. And so tomorrow will be five races for all two-year-olds. Saturday will be nine big championship races, 14 races over two days to crown the best in 2023 in thoroughbred horse racing. John, uh, you know, this year's uh, Breeders' Cup in some ways won't have the superstar like uh, Flightline was last year. But it's still uh, the best horses from around the world. Well, the thing about it, Ralph, again, you, you don't see these races every day because they're all coming from different circuits, different countries. And so you have Japan against Europe, against the East Coast, against the West Coast on a neutral ground. And uh, being at Santa Anita this year, we're going to have weather in the 80s. The weather's going to be perfect. We're going to have a nice firm turf course. We take the weather out of the, out of the uh, equation as far as guessing games. And so that helps us out a little bit. And uh, it's just, it's fun. And you see that backdrop of the San Gabriel Mountains there. It's a perfect place to have a championship. Well, you know, we do know that this is like a world championship. And, and horses come from uh, 166 were entered over 14 championship races. And these races tom uh, tomorrow and on Saturday will uh, establish the favorites to win the Eclipse Awards, which is Horse Racing's Academy Awards. Well, absolutely. And like you say, there's a lot on the line. They call it the Breeders' Cup for a reason. This was created by the breeders of the thoroughbreds to promote their stallions and to promote the business of breeding. So the uh, ramifications of winning of a race like this, the stud values of the Colts go through the roof. The mares and fillies that win uh, this type of race, their breeding value skyrockets. So it's like a, a stock market. It's like hitting a home run in the stock market. Not even a question about that. And, and along the way, as the Breeders' Cup kept going year after year after year, they started uh, sort of fine-tuning it. And now they have what they call Breeders' Cup winning your in races. It's like uh, the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. These are the playoffs for the horses. And uh, believe it or not, 
There were 80 races over 11 countries, 39 international races that included Argentina, Brazil, Canada, Chile, England, France, Ireland, Japan, Peru, and South Africa, plus all of the Breeders' Cup winning and win races that were here in America. And again, that creates those international fields, and it makes a really dif difficult handicapping puzzle for us to deal with. But these are the days where you don't have to be right every race. If you can be right a couple of times, uh, you know, you're going to have a good weekend. So that's the whole idea. When you do get the races right as a handicapper and going to the windows, get that money back out of the windows. Now, uh, of the uh, Breeders' Cup winning you're in races, last year, 38 horses came from those races, and there were seven divisional winners in the Breeders' Cup races off of those Breeders' Cup prep races, the Breeders' Cup winning your ends. Yeah, well, you know, what that does, the winning your end, it pays for their travel to the venue where the Breeders' Cup is at. Mm -hmm. It pays for their entry and starting fees. And in a race like the Breeders' Cup Classic, you're talking about $50,000 in fees. And if you nominate a horse to the Breeders' Cup and the horse wins, the, the nominator that, that nominates to the Breeders' Cup program gets a check for $50,000. So there's a lot of different types of, of ways that people are getting paid to participate in the Breeders' Cup. Now, they had pre-entries, which was the week before they took the actual post position and, and entries and set the, set the stage for the Breeders' Cup uh, tomorrow and Saturday. They did that last, last week, uh, about a week and a half ago, really. And out of uh, 175 horses that were pre-entered, we now have the 166 that are entered over the 14 championship races. Different divisions, different ages, Different distances, different surfaces, they all come together for the big, big Breeders' Cup World Championship. Right. And like I say, tomorrow is what they call the Stars of the Future card. There are five Breeders' Cup races on Friday, all for two-year-olds. Uh -huh. Then we get to the older horses on, on Saturday, and we're talking different divisions, whether it's sprinting, sprinting on turf, long on turf, long on dirt. Uh, you name it, they've got a division, and uh, specialists for all different kinds of di the different races. And that makes it a lot of fun. It really is. Dwayne, you're sitting there patiently, but I know I see you have a stack full of past performances there. You're a handicapper, too, and uh, you'll be running the Rampart. I'll, I would imagine that it'll be full at the Rampart tomorrow, too. Oh, definitely, Ralph. Uh, we, we do it up. We pride ourselves on our horse racing clientele, and we uh, definitely promote horse racing. I'm one of the biggest advocates promoting horse racing. We're going to have a fabulous seminar tomorrow night, 6 p.m., inside the marquee ballroom it's going to be a lot of fun come out and join us free beverages bob ike handicapping john knows bob very well mm -hmm. excellent handicapper and the room will be full on friday and saturday ralph well you know i could tell you here at the south point they're going to have the biggest breeders cup party in the city of las vegas <laughs> the big ballroom upstairs will be full with big screen tvs and plenty of bedding windows Huge, big banquet tables. John, we can spread out all of our handicapping material there. We're going to need a big table with all the paperwork uh, no that Dwayne's got. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be just a lot of fun. It's, it's the championship day of racing. And you get really, well, you can see I'm juiced up, ready to go. That's for sure. <laughs> John, uh, explain a little bit about the betting be, be, between horse racing and like sports betting. Well, you know, when you go to the windows of the sports book and you want to bet a football game today, you know what price you're going to get. If it's the Vikings minus three, you make your bet and you get the Vikings minus three. Horse racing is a parimutuel sport. You're betting against other people that are in, in, in line wagering against you. So the odds are constantly changing until the race starts. So you have to kind of gauge, you know, what you're looking at as far as what you think is value for your horse. Uh, just because 
a half hour before the, the race goes, your horse is six to one. Doesn't mean that he's going to be six to one at post time. So you kind of keep an eye on the tote board, see where the money's going. And as long as you perceive value, it's like anything that we do with Ralph, we're, we're looking for value mm -hmm. to try and maximize our, our return on investment. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on that. With the huge pools in the Breeders' Cup, the odds should not fluctuate nearly as much as it does on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, I can tell you this for sure. All the races tomorrow, any of the horses that you pick in any of the races that you like will have the best odds on those particular horses that you've seen on those horses any time during the year because they're all coming together in one place. They're not like, uh, you know, a horse that uh, is a key horse in a stakes race that might have four or five other competitors that are less. And you'll see the horse at four to five. This horse might go off at five to two, seven to two, six to one tomorrow and on Saturday. Right. Well, you can have a champion from Japan go off at eight to one in, in the United States or a champion from Europe coming out here to take on an American horse or because those horses are coming over, maybe the best horse from North America is five to one where maybe you, you thought he'd be two to one. So right. there should be value on, on the board. The only thing you have to do is win. And like you said, you don't have to win a lot of races. You just win one and cha-ching, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's for sure. Uh, Dwayne, I know before you put on the hat as a proprietor tomorrow to, uh, you know, introduce and, and take care of all your customers, you're a player. What are you looking forward to in the Breeders' Cup this year as far as the, the races or maybe some of the horses in it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, all the excitement. And just like John said, the ROI, you could actually make a ton of money if you hit one or two races on Friday or Saturday. You're going to get more value on some of these marquee horses, which is so important because you have money coming in from all over the world. And so many people have different opinions. People from their countries see their horses up front, and some aren't used to the North American style. Mm -hmm. So you're definitely going to get tremendous value. I mean, even Flightline, there was some value last year. Like you said, Ralph, this is a world championship caliber horse that they compared to Secretariat, and mm -hmm. you were still able to get value on tries and exactors in that race. So I just love the feel. I love the horse racing game. I love the competition level. It's interesting how the posts are drawn. And now it's so spread out, guys, like you said. We have so many different divisions, whereas, like you said, at Hollywood, when they first started, you have very limited uh, divisions. There were only seven Breeders' yeah. Cup races on the very first uh, Breeders' Cup. Yes, correct. And this is uh, what makes it so fun. The Breeders' Cup World Championships, uh, great setting. Like John said, Santa Anita is the perfect spot. I've attended several Breeders' Cups at Santa Anita, mm -hmm. and the facility is just built for it. We'll have excellent weather, and I'm just excited overall. Well, like we said, this is the 40th edition of the uh, Breeders' Cup. Santa Anita, this will be the 11th time they're there, and they've hosted the Breeders' Cup more than any other racetrack around the country. And like the Super Bowl, it, it circulates. It goes to different sta stadiums, and in this case, different racetracks. Uh, in New York, uh, they've had it in uh, Southern California at both Del Mar and Santa Anita, New York, Belmont. Uh, the second Breeders' Cup ever was at Aqueduct, New York. And, of course, they've had it at Gulfstream. They've had it at places like uh, Lone Star Park and even in Canada, Woodbine. So it gets around, and it's really nice to have these, each one of these venues in the circulation get a chance to host the big day. But you were talking about trifectas, exactas, et cetera. And, John, it's a little bit different than regular sports betting because there's an, a bevy of chances <laughs> and pools to get into and different kinds of bets. Let's just touch upon some of them. Well, you know, the, the obvious ones are the win, place, and show betting. You yeah. have... Uh, That's the vanilla the ones. The in the yeah. race betting, which is the exact, is picking the first two finishers in exact order. A trifecta that Dwayne talked about is 
picking the first three finishers in exact orders. They mm. have superfectas where you have to pick the first four. The super high five try to pick the first five in correct order. And then you start with the rolling bets, a, a daily double, which is race to race, two races combined. A pick three where you have to pick three straight winners. The pick fours, four straight winners, a pick five, five straight winners. They even have a pick six. Yeah. And uh, so whatever you are comfortable just trying to pick winners race to race or going in race and saying, I like this horse and I think this horse and this horse could follow at home and you can bet in race, you have to figure out a strategy once you figure out who you like and then try and, and, and get into the right pools. You don't have to bet every every kind of wager there is. Oh, no. Find your strength. Find what you think, you know, where, where you think you can make money and then uh, get get to business. Okay. Well, now we're, you know, in the, in the shallow part of the pool is the win play show, maybe an exact uh, and a trifecta, that's it. But uh, the most popular bets right now in horse racing are the pick fours and pick fives. They are a base 50 cent bet, which means uh, you can cover a lot of horses and a lot of races and combinations to try to hit it. John, how many pick fours or pick fives are for the Breeders' <laughs> Cup in the next two days? Usually. Uh, usually. I'll use Southern California, Santa Anita as an example. Usually there is an early pick four, which would be the second through the fifth races, mm -hmm. and a late pick four, the last four races. On Saturday during the 12 race card at Santa Anita, there will be eight pick fours. Oh. So basically, throughout the card, there'll be pick four wagers. Um, so again, if, if don't mess with the races that you don't have an opinion on. Work through the races that you do, and uh, try and maximize and and get you know get into the races that you you want to have the action on. With the the bevy of different options, you can pick and choose your spots. There'll be three pick fives as opposed to the normal two on Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, again, all those rolling bets. Um, oh, I can't. Wait. But you know, with all the Europeans and the Japanese horses and everybody coming in, it's hard to string four or five winners together. Maybe you shorten up your bets if you're a pick four player. Maybe you play a pick three or a daily double. Uh, you know, keep it short. Be right in the interim. And you know what? The money still spends. I got to tell you though, if you manage to put the five together, oh, well, it doesn't mean we won't boom. be playing those. Are you kidding yeah. me? Those <laughs> prices on Breeders' Cup Day are astronomical. If you can finally put them together. But we want to we want to have fun, and we want to you know uh, you know have a an, an opportunity to win money obviously, and and that's what you make plays for. You want to uh, win, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, that's for sure. Now, uh, before we end this show today, what we're going to be doing is of course talking to you a little bit about the strategies, and then we're going to get into the five races on Friday. We're not getting into Saturday's races because John Lindo. And Jonathan Hardoon, which is uh, stuck in Dallas right now, he missed his flight. So, oh, but no. he'll be here. He'll be here tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have a special Breeders' Cup seminar right here at the South Point tomorrow night after the five races that we're going to talk about tomorrow are complete at 6 p.m. in the Grandview Lounge. This is a lounge that's set up for entertainment in the evenings. And we're going to use that for the seminar so everybody can really enjoy themselves by sitting there and watching it. And, and John and Jonathan will be on stage. We'll talk a little bit about what happens tomorrow, tomorrow night, and then we'll look forward to the nine big divisional championship races on Saturday, looking for not only winners, but uh, maybe, uh, you know, the racetracks are kind of like the football field. Some of them are slippery and some are not, and you change the cleats and all that. It'll be important to watch the races, I think, not only uh, uh, tomorrow, certainly before the Breeders' Cup races, to see how the track is playing 
and how the turf course is playing as well. That does make a difference. Well, sure. And, and Dwayne, one other thing, too. You know, not only do you have an opinion on who you like, but sometimes you have an opinion on who you want to take a stand against. And sometimes that's just as important. If you can throw out a horse that's taking a lot of the wagering money, and you can, tr- and if you can beat those kind of horses, all of a sudden, yeah. your payoffs jump exponentially. So it's not only who you like, it's who you don't. And uh, you know, if we can figure those out, and if we can be right on those, we can have a really good well, time. Well, it's really important, too, uh, because uh, the horses that have been training for the last couple of weeks at uh, Santa Anita and around the country coming here for this event, uh, they're supposed to be doing good. They're supposed to look great. They're supposed to be working out fantastically. I mean, you know, this is this is their this is the race, the day that's circled on the calendar for them to be at their peak. But it's important to know if a horse goes to the racetrack and he doesn't look that well or he's not doing well. And uh, that, I think, is a bigger key than they're supposed to look good. I don't want to know about the horses that are working great. I want to know about the horses that may not look that good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And uh, we've been and you watch, guys have been they, these guys have been, been staring great at monitors race. all week. Yes. They've been great on the race day Las Vegas show. They break in uh, broken a lot of news. Unfortunately, there's been some news about some scratches. I guess we should get to that, John. Well, one of the favorites in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile practical move, unfortunately, had a, a cardiac event just jogging back to the barn the other day. I mean, just a freak kind of thing. And he actually he actually passed away. And yeah. uh, we had a couple of horses get injured. Uh, Echo Zulu, a very good three-year-old filly who was uh, going to be in the Breeders' Cup sprint oh, against the boys. She would have yeah. been the favorite. In the she would have been the favorite. Yeah. She would have been awful tough to beat, but she hurt herself in a workout mm-hmm. and has been retired. And Go Rocket Ride, who was one of the contenders for the Breeders' Cup Classic, the $6 million race yep. on Saturday, uh, he got hurt in a, in a work in his final workout before this. And unfortunately, the injury was so bad, that eventually he had to yeah. be uh, euthanized. And, yeah. you know, just freak things. I mean, that horses in pristine condition they're trained by trainers that and they don't have take chances layers and layers of veterinarians right. that are There's examining so these horses protocol they have to pass unbelievably you know it, it's like a, a football game tonight it's an athletic event yeah some injuries are going to happen there you just make the conditions as, as good as you possibly can yeah. and you hope for the best so much so that this year's three triple crown winners because they had an individual horse that won all three triple crowns the Derby winner, not in the Classic. He's been retired. Uh, the Preakness winner is going in the Dirt Mile. And the Belmont Stakes winner, Archangelo, uh, was scratched just the other day because he had an incident in kicking. Uh, he, he kicked the side of the stall? Yeah, he kicked the side of the stall, oh, bruised my. his foot. They had to pull the shoe off. And it's not a major injury, just a little foot bruise. But yep. the thing is, you, you can't train him going right. into the race, so fitness is a problem. And you're erring on the side of caution. Well, if he's not 100%, we're not going to go. Yeah. So uh, they, they decided not to go. And uh, these horses have such important and lucrative stud deals. He was yeah. retired after that. Yeah. He's going to go be a daddy next year. And that's not that's not, that's not a bad gig. So No, maybe he, indiv- maybe he did on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, why run in the classic? I want to be a daddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> in any case, uh, there are some great horses. And we're going get, to get into them. Uh, we're going to go and handicap the actual five races for tomorrow, the two-year-old races. And, of course, on, on Saturday, uh, the, big, the big races, we'll do the seminar tomorrow night. In the meantime, we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to start delving into those races.
South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Mega Bucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part? Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to blackjack and roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gal Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. All right, we're back on the Race Day Las Vegas special Breeders' Cup preview program coming to you from the studios at the uh, South Point. Beautiful studios here. By the way, you can uh, obviously, watching us, you're watching us on some, some medium right now, but it's uh, the southpointstudio.tv, or you can get it on YouTube, or you can get it on Apple Podcasts, or you can listen to it on Spotify. We're all over the place, man. Poor guys. Gosh. <laughs> I, you know, I remember when I was a kid, two Coke cans and a string was a good deal. Exactly. Different world, Ralph. Different world. It sure is. All right. Uh, we are now going to take a look at the five races as they roll out tomorrow. The two-year-olds, and these are the stars of the future. And so we'll, we'll start out with the, uh, uh, John, the first, uh, first couple of races on uh, tomorrow are races that are local races at uh, Santa Anita. But the first of the Breeders' Cup races. We'll get started in the fifth race. It's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. That's a million bucks up for grabs. Five furlongs on the turf, obviously, for two-year-olds. There have been 15 entered. No late scratches to this time. So we will go through it. And uh, Mr. Colucci, we'll let you start off, buddy, because you got all that information there. I'll tell you the truth, guys. In this race, uh, I'm going the farm route. I like uh, Big Evs, Marquardt, uh, you know, Applebee, definitely. This horse looks exceptional to me. And uh, you just look at the form, guys, and you could see that the horse actually ran against in a race that was qualified for older horses. So three out of four on the form, uh, actually four out of five, I think this horse looks exceptional, even though George Weaver has some major players. And this guy has been on fire, if you guys have been watching lately. George Weaver, everything he puts on the track has been excellent. And, uh, you know, Crimson Advocate is probably his best. 
but you know he also has Irad on this uh, Mets horse, so he definitely has a little chance. Uh, but he does draw the one and two positions. So let's be careful in this race. Uh, I'm going with Big Evs. I think you're going to get about five to two on this horse. So watch for the value. Watch the tote board. I hear that the horse is definitely in excellent shape. Uh, that's who I like. In this now, race. you know, you got to love Dwayne because he talks just like a handicapper and a race player. But he mentioned three names. Now, uh, you, you, you mentioned Appleby. He's a trainer. Yes. He's a pr proficient trainer that takes horses from Europe and comes to America, and he's been batting it an unbelievable percentage rate, right, uh, John? Yeah, we're talking about Charlie Appleby right. as the man from right. golf. And this is Michael Appleby. Michael Appleby. This, Ooh, is, the, this right. is a different Excuse Appleby. Yeah. This is a different so, Appleby? Yes, this different, is not the same guy is it on, does it, is it a pick from the same tree? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is I want Charlie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. but And, uh, of course, he was talking about Irad. That's Irad Ortiz Jr., one of the two uh, best jockey uh brother jockeys that i ever remember on a racetrack absolutely uh he and his brother jose, jose. they dominate the new york circuit uh they come down and and they win breeders cup races in bunches they ride for the top new york trainers guys like todd pletcher and mm -hmm. chad brown uh so when you see those new york connections they're pretty they're pretty yeah, well yeah you, they're, they're you, connected. you know if you yeah. watch aqueduct yeah. and belmont on a regular basis you start looking at those guys and then you look at everybody else and he was talking about george weaver who is a another trainer and you say he's running hot right now with his barn right yeah definitely he's been going very well whether it's dirt or turf and i always prefer him on mm -hmm. turf so this is a turf race and i think he definitely is one of the top conditioners that flies under the radar you know mm -hmm. we're going to see several top conditioners uh you know pete Erton is one that kind of flies under the radar on yeah. the west coast yeah. george weaver he's a west coast midwest very proficient trainer and he knows what to do with these horses and he's using john velasquez on his top pick which uh, everybody knows john velasquez yeah, john one of the velasquez. top riders ever to, you know, one, jump in the Hall set. of Famer and uh, one of the senior riders in the jocks room, that's for sure. How do you see this race, John? Looking at the, I, I start looking at the pace. Where's the pace going to come from? How hot is the well, pace going to be? Well, you're trying to create the, uh, the scenario of the race. Right, exactly. Yeah. And there is a ton of early speed in this race. Uh -huh. uh, Crimson Advocate, who Dwayne talked about, the stablemate, No Name Mets, post one and two, both very quick. The European horse, Big Evs, very, very quick. Mm -hmm. And so from one, post one, two, and four, they're going to go. That means if you're going to try and come around these guys, you're going to go wide, mm -hmm. and five furlongs, that turn comes up pretty quick. So you're going to have to work out a trip in this race. We should talk about the configuration of Santa Anita. The main track is a mile in circumference. Right. The turf course is on the inside. This is five furlongs, which is one furlong longer than a half a mile, half of that racetrack. And right. it's very important to break fast in a sprint race because you're only going five furlongs, and uh, post positions, if you if you have speed, uh, uh, you better get it out of there. And if you're on the one or two hole, you better look like either breaking and going for the lead or looking for a catbird position sitting on the rail, hoping the hoping there's a opening at the top of the stretch, right? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody gets a lonely lead here, and that's the best trip you can have in horse oh, racing, yeah. getting out in front by yourself. I think they're going to get hooked up here, and I, I, I really am looking for something from just off the pace. Now, uh, Dwayne mentioned... George Weaver, he has three horses in this race. Uh -oh. Number one, Crimson Advocate. Number two, No Name Mets. And number nine, Amidst Waves. Yeah. I like Amidst Waves in this race. This is a filly that, facing the boys, but she showed me a real turn of foot and, and like an instant acceleration at Keeneland last time. 
the kind of horse that can sit behind a lightning pace and have a little burst. And I think that's what you're going to need here. You're going to need some racing luck trying to work your way through a big field. Yeah. But you got Flavian Pratt, who is as good a rider as I've seen. One of the best riders in the country right now. Fantastic. Pratt, who, by the way, came from France. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he cut his teeth out here in Southern California. Right. Now he's in New York and mm -hmm. Kentucky. But the, the man knows Santa Anita very, very well. Oh, please. Uh, yeah. You know, I've got 12 to 1, I think, or 8 to 1 on the program here, which is fair value to me. You're looking for value in a race mm -hmm. like this. I'm, I'm depending on Flavian Pratt to work out a trip on a midst waves. Any of the speed horses could hang around, obviously, if they get loose. Right. One thing about uh, Big Evs, uh, um, Dwayne, when he came over from Europe, he, he actually spiked a fever. He didn't train for a couple of days. And Not good. I'm looking for horses that don't have any blips on the screen coming into the race. Mm -hmm. That's just enough for me. Is he going to be absolutely at his 100% best with all that speed to his inside? I'll know after the first quarter mile, but they don't let me bet then. I've got to take my shot now. Let me ask you this, John. Because Flavian Pratt was so uh, potent, in Southern California for a long time. And obviously the, a lot of people going to the races tomorrow and watching around the country are going to know him from Southern California. You think the odds will be a little deflated because he's, he's just because he's on the horse. No, I don't think so. I, I haven't heard a lot about her uh -huh. in, in the build up to the race. There are so many options for the horse players. I, I think eight to 10 to one is about right. And so again, I'm, I'm just going to take a shot here that the speed is going to come back and then, and when they do in a short race, you're going to need some racing luck. So give me a, a top jockey that can work their way through traffic, is not afraid to go inside or outside. And uh, that works out for me. So I like a miss waves for an upset. Very important in a race like this for a jockey to have placement of a horse early. Because once you hit that uh, far turn and you hit the head of the stretch, game's over. If you don't have the position by then, you better have a horse that likes to finish real fast. <laughs> you better get it done yeah. in a hurry. Yes. All right, so we got that, uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint, and that's the first one. Now we move to the second race of the day of the five Breeders' Cup races for two-year-olds, and it's the $2 million Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. This is for the Phillies, it's uh, the juvenile, at a mile and 16th on the main track. Now the main track at Santa Anita will be labeled fast. The, the, the weather's going to be great in Southern California. Traditionally and normally, on a fast racetrack, uh, does the racetrack at Santa Anita favor horses that are uh, speed horses, horses that lay just off of it, horses that come from behind on a, a normal basis? On a normal basis, yeah. you want to be up close. Okay. Whether it's sprinting or routing on the dirt, you want to be up close. Horses in general in Santa Anita don't come back. You've got to go get them. And it's very difficult to come from very far back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, by the time they hit that far turn, coming around that far turn, turn for home, you better be in the race because you're not going to pass the field in the stretch. It just doesn't happen. I got to tell you, some of the races I saw today at, at uh, San Anita were just that. Guys got to the leader, and the leader, just like they, uh, they broke again, and, and they broke off and won. So, uh, yeah, the San Anita racetrack does – the western racetracks really do kind of favor the front running and speed horses. Yeah, it's, it's been that way for yeah. decades, and yeah. everybody knows it. The jocks know it. So horses that maybe don't show as much speed, you might see those you gotta, jockeys you out of the them gate. them a little, huh, don't you? Riding them a little bit yeah. out of there, putting them in the race early. Yeah. All right, so how do you see this race? Well, the biggest favorite over the two days in the Breeders' Cup is in this race, and mm -hmm. that's number seven, Tamara. This is a two-year-old that's undefeated from two starts. She had a, a lot of trouble in her debut at Del Mar. She won anyways. Oh, please. And then she put on a show on the Del Mar debutante, and mm -hmm. she just ran away from the field around the far turn, opened up, and won for fun. 
she's regally bred. She's by Boltoro out of a mare named Beholder, who herself was a champion. Oh, Just yeah. a fantastic race mare. And a Breeders' Cup winner. And a Breeders' Cup winner. And I think she, maybe more she than won, once, too. Yeah, yeah. And she won, uh, you know, going a route of ground. So yep. she's bred to handle the two turns. She's never routed. So that's one thing you have to wonder. She's never been two turns before. So this will be new for her. But trainer Richard Mandela has skipped the prep race around two turns to come directly to this race. If she runs her best race, she's going to win. She's yep. just a really talented filly. If for some reason the two turns gets to her or something else happens, I think two horses from the East Coast are the ones you have to worry about the most. Uh, number 12, just FYI for trainer Bill Mott, undefeated in two starts, comes off a win in a sloppy racetrack back in New York. But I, I don't think a, a fast track is going to bother her, and she's tactical. Mm -hmm. And then coming from off the pace, number one, Candied, for trainer Todd Pletcher, won the prep race at Keeneland, the Alcibiades, from off the pace in just her second start. She went around the two turns, handled it well, uh, and she won like an old pro. So she's not afraid to get that dirt back in her face or race in traffic. They've checked a lot of boxes. But if Tamara, again, runs her race, she's going to be in front, turn her for home. Good luck catching her. Well, now, uh, John mentioned two trainers, Bill Mott and Todd Pletcher. These are two of the most uh, famous trainers and, and uh, trainers, the best trainers in the business. And, uh, you know, keep that in mind. When they're, we're talking, they're Hall of Famers. Yeah, they're Hall of Famers. So when we talk about these uh, trainers, sometimes it's, well, it's the connections, really. They know how to get the horses ready for the big show. Yes, absolutely. And uh, they tend to be in these races every year. Yeah, so go figure, right? <laughs> And we're going to let you figure this race now. Well, and Tamara's train is no slouch either. I mean, how many did he win on that one Richard day? Mandel? Richard Mandel. Yeah. He, won Mandel Cup. he won day. four Breeders' Cup. Yeah. He won four Breeders' Cup uh, races on, and when it was just a one-day event. Yes. And one of those uh, races was a dead heat win in the in the turf. But yeah, That's he right. he is a disciple of uh, one of the great trainers of my era, Charlie Whittingham. Yes. Yeah, Charlie was off the hook, and definitely Mandela follows in that lineage. Mm -hmm. uh, like you guys said, Beholder, he was the trainer. Beholder won uh, Pacific Classic, like you said, multiple Breeders' Cups. Yep. This horse is definitely going to be tough and the horse to beat. I agree with John that the other two options are the two uh, East Coast horses. Probably I would favor the Pletcher horse a little more uh, than FYI, but uh, I think Tamara is definitely going to be the horse to beat. She's going to get out there. She's going to do her thing. She's uh, acclimated to the surroundings. Was just phenomenal at yeah. Del Mar. You know, just oh. uh, you saw how impressive this horse was. The only question is the two turns, like John said. And uh, Candy does have that experience. So uh, it's hard to close. That's what made Zenyatta so special on this Santa Anita course. Mm -hmm. And I think Tamara has that slight advantage because she's going to be right on the front. All right, now they say that uh, she's going to be, out of all the races, both tomorrow and on Saturday, the shortest-priced favorite on the board. Whether she wins or not, she's going to be the shortest-priced favorite. So as a player looking at that, John, do we just sit there and say, okay, if we're going to play those pick fives and pick fours that you're talking about, just use her as a single in that race, get her, get past that race so you can kind of um, have more selections in the other races on your pick four or pick five ticket, or do you try to beat her? Well, the two schools of thought, if, if you do single her, there's still enough value in the other races around them and the rolling bets right? where you could still get a decent payoff. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not a bad strategy. If you really don't think she can get beat, don't be afraid to say, well, I can't play it. She's too short a price. Right. There, is, there are advantage. ways to yeah. turn chicken feathers into chicken soup. Right. So I do think that you can use her that way. 
Uh, and the other thing, if you can beat her, Ooh. and all of a sudden now your payoffs go through the roof. Right. So if you know if you're trying to buy a new car on the way home, that might be your best option there too. And uh, you know uh, we'll drive you over there if you yeah, hit because yeah, uh, yeah maybe we we'll get a little tip. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and you can also use her as a key horse in the in race bets like exactas and trifectas and maybe even a superfecta, right? Well, absolutely. Yeah. It just uh, again. Whatever you're you're comfortable with playing, um, you know. For me, I, I want to see her win because I like to watch good horses run oh, well. Yeah, and I think she's a very good filly. So, I really don't want to root against her. Um, you know, that's that's just how I feel about the race. So I'm I'm probably from the first school. I'll probably end up singling her in the rolling bets and try and get through there and find my prices someplace else. Well, I can tell you this: I saw that race at Del Mar. That was unbelievable. She broke from post one. In her first time start. Now, when you get horses that are breaking for the first time in their lifetime in a race, you don't want to use the rail because there's too many distractions. You like a horse to be breaking amongst other horses coming out of the gate when they're babies like these are and when they're first time starters. She broke from the rail, and in that race, uh, she went by the gap where the turn comes into play into the backstretch. She almost left the course and made a left turn. Her jockey, Mike Smith, just kept kept to her task, and at that point, I think Mike thought to himself, you know what, I'm going to teach her something in the race. Right. We're not going to be able to win the race, so we're going to teach her from coming from behind. Well, what happens? She goes from behind, she goes around horses, she goes between horses, she comes up into the stretch, and she pulls away. It was amazing what she did. Oh, absolutely. She learned an awful lot the first race. Yep. In the second race, she got to show her brilliance because she had a clean trip, and again, on the far turn in her second start, the way she ran away from the field without being asked. Yeah. And it was a, a, a grade one stakes race. So these weren't a bunch of bums. No. And she ran and made them look silly. So uh, th that tells you a little bit about her quality. All right. So we got uh, Tamara is going to win the juvenile Phillies and uh, probably take down the hardware of the Eclipse Award in the process. No doubt about that. I would think, yeah, she's going to be tough. All right. The middle race of the five races on uh, tomorrow is the seventh race. It is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf. This will be on the turf at a mile. And again, we're talking about the configuration of the racetrack. Now, there were 16 entered in this race. So I can tell you this. The trip is going to be the key factor in winning and losing. And there'll be plenty of notes in this race about how horses got stopped, got caught wide. There'll be trouble trips, no doubt about it. But um, in this race, this is the one that looks pretty wide open. And uh, for the most part, you have the European horses that are coming over, the, two, the young European horses that uh, are horses that they, all they do is race on turf back there over the pond. So uh, how do you guys see this race? We'll let uh, Mr. Colucci go first. Uh, you know, I, I see all the foreign horses, and it, it's very tough to get a lot of data on these horses, Ralph. You, you could watch replays, but sometimes the courses are much thicker and heavier than oh, yeah. what uh, Santa Anita produces. So, you know, I'm going to stick basically uh, home. I like a long shot here with an outside shot, like I spoke about earlier, Pete Erton. I like Flattery a little bit. I think she has the right rider. Uh, everybody knows Juan Hernandez is now taken over from Flavian Pratt. And just because Pratt has gone, to, he's become more of a journeyman. He picked Saratoga. He runs at Keeneland. Whereas Hernandez stays home. He dominated the Del Mar meet. I think this horse has uh, some tactical speed flattery from the two-hole, and I definitely think this horse has a chance. But let's keep an eye 
on She Feels Pretty. Cherie DeVoe has been unbelievable. She is an excellent, excellent conditioner and trainer, and she has a top-notch horse here. If you look at the horse, it's done nothing wrong and definitely has an excellent chance. So I'm going to take a shot with Flattery, but She Feels Pretty is the real deal, and she has traveled from Ellis Park all the way to Canada in Woodbine. The Nadalama was a very nice victory, and this horse is definitely ready, training very well. So uh, those are the two horses I'm looking at, Ralph. John, John, this horse is 20 to 1 on the morning line. <laughs> There's value to there be had, go. Ralph. Yeah. There value you go. to be had. And this is a good race to look for that type sure. of thing because, uh, again, a big field of two-year-olds going two turns, a lot of them for the first time. You're going to get a little rodeo going in here. So uh, I've got a story that I like on number nine, Carla's Way. This is a horse coming in from Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, her form was just okay. And then uh, before her last race, she had had some breathing problems. She had some throat surgery done. All of a sudden, last race, it's like she's reborn. She got out, showed really good speed, tactical speed. And she just kept going. And I think whatever the surgery was to help her breathing problem, it sure looked like it fixed it to me. I don't think that last race was a fluke. I like the tactical speed in that. I think she'll leave the gate running here. And I don't think she's going to be behind a lot of these horses. She'll be in the, in the game early in a big field. That, that, that's a plus. And so if I'm right in that the, 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 uh, you know, the, what they did with her, the procedures did the trick, at six to one, there's value to me in this horse because I think she's better than than what it looks like overall on paper. Uh, in a wide open race, there's a horse named no, number ten, Austere. I, I look for horses that can show me again acceleration or burst that can separate yourself and get yourself out of trouble. She showed that to me at Kentucky Downs. Mm -hmm. That has not been a place that has produced Breeders' Cup winners. It's uh, a very very strange course down the side of the hill. You don't want to know the stat about Kentucky Downs. Yeah. How about zero from there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we we yeah. know that going in. So you have to demand a big price. Yeah. But she just showed me something that, that you're going to need in this race to get you in and out of trouble. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's good enough to win this race at a price. Uh, she feels fine. The horse that won at Woodbine that Dwayne was talking about, that was a good race. The yeah, that was. That's a one-turn mile. This is a two-turn mile. So, again, she's got a question to answer around the second turn. So, a wide-open race. I just want to see if Carla's Way can reproduce what she did last time uh, in back, back in Europe. If she does, I think she's got a big chance. Well, we know that the turf course at Santa Anita is going to be firm. Yes. And I heard one of the trainers from Europe uh, talking about the firm course because they said that uh, there's sometimes uh, in Europe uh, that uh, if, the, if the course becomes too firm there, they douse it with water to make it, like, good again. Yeah. They really don't like to run on firm turf courses there. And some horses from Europe will either regress or all of a sudden find real good footing and really have a good kick. So those are the type of things that you have to weigh. I think the trainers... From Europe have kind of figured out they need the horses that travel over the top of the ground. Right. They don't bring the horses from Europe here that need the real deep bog-like turf courses because then they know they're not going to get they're that not in California. Get it, no. So if you look at these horses' forms, you can see their their performance on good to soft as opposed to good to firm, and you see some horses with drastic form differentials on the kind of surface they're going. Mm -hmm. And so I want to see them run on anything as firm as possible there, which is probably still softer than what they're going to see tomorrow. All right, that's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies on the turf, and we got a 20-to-1 shot here. And i got to tell you something about, uh, you know, you say uh, Flattery uh, breaks from post two. Juan Hernandez, if you watch him in, in Santa Anita on turf races, 
within the first quarter of a mile of any race, whatever type of horse he has, he puts that horse in a position from that point forward to win the race. He is very good at positioning in a horse. And if he's at on the two hole and he can get around the first turn without everybody jamming him up, he's going to be in a, a catbird seat when they go down the backstretch. And if uh, your horse has got anything there, my man, we'll go into the uh, cashier's oh, line. Yeah. That's all. all right. Time for the big one. The Breeders' Cup Juvenile. This is the race. No matter who wins it, automatically becomes the Kentucky Derby Future Book favorite for next year. And we all know, or at least we know here, that a man named Bob Baffert almost owns the Kentucky Derby. He's had problems. Well, he used to. He used to, yeah. He's had problems <laughs> there with legalities and all that, but we're going to leave that aside for now. What Bob Baffert has is three key two-year-olds in this race. And so it remains to be seen if one of them is going to win it or not. But there's also another saying in horse racing. If you have a trainer with more than one horse in a race and they're not coupled in the entry, lo and behold, most of the time, the longer price of the two horses wins. Not saying that, but uh, we'll go to you, Mr. Colucci, to start this off. Oh, I, I, did we go to him last time? Is it my turn? Uh, sure. It's okay. your turn. All right. I, don't I tell you what, this, is a, this is a really good group of the, uh, for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile this year. Last year, the race turned out to be a really weak race. They oh, came yeah. out of that race and did nothing. Not this That's year. That's not going to be the case this year. You've got the right guys. The trainer, Brad Cox, has, has a Timberlake in here. Mm -hmm. You've got Todd Pletcher with a couple, Fierceness and Locked. Bob Baffert has three horses in here. So the, the right guys have the right horses. They got to the right race. Right. This, is a, this is a championship event. It really is. Uh, in a tough call for me, I, w I like number, uh, number six, Locked. This is the Todd Pletcher horse. I was really impressed with his maiden win in New York. Yeah. And then he went down to Keeneland, and uh, in the Breeders' Fraternity, he didn't have a good trip. He was, he was five and six wide all the way around, and you don't win on the, with that kind of trip at Keeneland. Mm -hmm. He overcame that trip and won anyways. And he, I think he learned a lot trying the two turns with a bad trip. He can't get a worse trip in here, no matter what happens. And mm -hmm. he's shown he can pass horses. The pace is going to be fast. I think it sets up well for him. Uh, he's a slight choice to me. I think Brad Cox's horse, Timberlakes, took a huge step forward last time. And he, you talk about with young horses seasoning, uh, you know, getting around, overcoming adversity, getting dirt in their face. This horse has done all of that. Had all kinds of trouble in the hopeful at Saratoga. Got stopped cold behind horses last time. Ran through the mud and ran to the leaders and got the job done. Yep. He'll love two turns. He's doing super from what I hear. Uh, he's a he's a he's a major player, and then you have the Bob Baffert, who had Muth win the the prep race at California. No, no, the front runner. They they call him Muth. Muth. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the track announcer called him. <laughs> Whatever you want to call him, like a cow. <laughs> I was shocked that they took him off the pace last time. He had shown yeah. so much speed sprinting, but they took him off the pace. He rated kindly. He sat behind horses and he fired home to win. So. He got that seasoning. He needs to win a race like this. The other two, Bob Baffert's Prince of Monaco, beat Muth in the best pal at yes, Del Mar. He, he was spectacular. And then he won the Del Mar fraternity. I didn't think he looked as, as good. And I really, my gut tells me I'm not sure this horse wants two turns. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, he's Monaco. trained uh, Prince of Monaco. Yeah. So I'm willing to take a stand against him. We talk about taking, uh, taking stands against right. horses. He's four to one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave him out. And if he beats me, fine. 
Um, the other, the third Bob Baffert, wind me up. He's the speed of this race, and he ran well before Muth, Muth ran him down in the front runner. If he gets loose at 15 to 1, you've got Bob Baffert and Ramon Vasquez in there. That's not the worst shot in the world to take. So no. I give him a little chance in there as well. And as you say, uh, the key trainers, the ones that show up at the sales and buy these million-dollar horses and, and, uh, and their owners trust them in, in shaping these horses with their potential, et cetera, they have representatives in this race. Now, we talked about Pletcher and certainly Bob Baffert, but Brad Cox is one of the new guys on the scene that's really doing great all over the country. He's a guy, if you don't know him, yeah. his horses run big on big days like this. Yep. He's been a major factor in the last couple of Breeders' Cups. It's only getting stronger. He is loaded Friday and Saturday. He could have a lot of wins over the two days. He sure can. Dwayne? Excellent trainer, without a doubt, Brad Cox. Uh, I like the way Muth, though, did run over the Santa Anita course. And you're looking at two victories at Santa Anita and Bob Baffert. So, you know, this horse, I believe, is the best out of the Baffert contingency, even though the horse lost to Prince of Monaco. I think that that last race was just unbelievable. It's over the course, like I said, and very, very impressive. And once again, you know, we're talking about Juan Hernandez. This guy is phenomenal. He is one of the best riders I've seen in the last few years come out of California mm -hmm. other than Flavian Pratt. So I definitely think that this horse is going to take some beating and could definitely have some tactical speed. Now, it's going to be interesting how the other two Bafferts run. Like uh, John said, you know, you do have the bottom uh, wind me up, not the bottom horse, but he's going to go out to the lead. Will Prince of Monaco shadow that lead? That's another possibility. Timberlake is definitely going to be sitting very close. He's not going to let these two horses get away. So it, it becomes how the pace unravels. And the Pletcher horse will definitely close late. So he has an excellent chance. But I'm liking the way Moot takes to Santa Anita. Mm -hmm. And I always feel that Bob Baffert has that immense home court advantage, guys. And he always technically has the favorite for the Kentucky Derby. But you know, he's not, he has legal trouble at Churchill yeah, Downs. Right. And usually you remember back in the day, whoever would win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile would falter in the breed, uh, in the Kentucky Derby. I don't it was think, years I, I think, and years. I think in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, there's been maybe two juvenile right. winners right. that went on to win the Kentucky Derby the next year. Right. right. It's not an automatic, that's no, for that, sure. That's for sure. All right, we're going to wrap it up with the juvenile turf uh, for two-year-olds at a mile on the turf. It's the counterpart of the juvenile fillies on the turf. Same deal here. You got uh, you have a horse in this race that's scratched. By the way, in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, the five horse, uh, five horse Encore Neo is scratched. And in this race, number 11, Liam's Journey is scratched uh, for the, uh, juvenile, uh, tur filly, uh, the juvenile on the turf. But it's still a big field, and it's still a mile race, and you're still going to have a trip. Uh, John, you could wrap it up. Oh, wait, I got to go first last time. Let's, let's look at Dwayne. I want to hear what he has to say because I'm not sure. Well, because I want to keep you guys out of, you know, out of turn here. All right. You want to go or you want to uh, go? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. All right. I tell you what, long on the grass, this is the European game. Mm -hmm. And if we haven't mentioned the name of trainer Aiden O'Brien, we should. Oh. Uh, he has been a dominant force in the turf races in the Breeders' Cup the last couple of years. He has three horses in this race. I, I think he's going to win this Breeders' Cup event. Uh, his... Number one rider is Ryan Moore, and I thought he was going to ride number eight, unquestionable. Mm -hmm. At entry time, he chose number two, River Tiber, and went back because of that. I went back and watched the tapes from Europe, and this horse has only been sprinting 
but he really finished up his last race going six furlongs well, like a horse that's going to love stretching out. Yep. Uh, the fact that Ryan Moore takes him, he's got an inside post. These Europeans have no problem staying covered up behind horses and blasting home. I'm going to trust Ryan Moore with his selection. I'm going to follow him along with number two, River Tiber. I think unquestionable is the horse to beat. The horse that beat him in Europe last time, and I don't have his name in front of me, I apologize, mm-hmm. is a really, really good horse. He's not here for the Breeders' Cup. They know but, he don't care. But he's one of the best in <laughs> as Europe. As long as he's not in the race, we don't Resilient. care. Yeah, yeah Resilient. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a top yes. horse. Yes. So it's the, the O'Brien horses for me. If you're looking for a bomb, a long shot for the exactus and tries, take a good look at number three, Talk Talk. This is a horse that had yeah. nothing but trouble last time at Keeneland. Blinkers on. Johnny Velasquez, Graham Motion, the trainer, an inside post. Yep. Maybe he gets out of jail this time at a big number. All right. Mr. Colucci? This is a tough race, I'll be honest with you. And uh, I'm going all the way on the outside. I'm going to take a shot with Carson's run. Uh, you know, Christophe Clement, one of the top conditioners in the United States, uh, you know, just does phenomenal job with turf runners. And I believe his go-to guy has been Dylan Davis this year on the East Coast. I mean, they've connected so many times, guys, uh-huh. uh, whether it's at Belmont, Aqueduct, uh, you know, Saratoga. And this horse definitely has a good late kick, but the positioning is what's going to be definitely a factor. Like John said, you have O'Brien with this contingency. I mean, unbelievable. River Tiber, I think, definitely is going to be the favorite in this race and the horse to beat. But if Davis could negotiate a trip, this horse definitely has a chance. Also, I'm going to give you guys another long shot. Uh, Endlessly. Been phenomenal. I mean, McCarthy has had an excellent year training. That's Mike McCarthy, a trainer. Uh And uh, once again, Hernandez at his home court. And this horse is three for three, has a win over the course, has dominated basically the juvenile turf scene on the West Coast, and definitely has an excellent chance here if Aiden O'Brien falters. But I'm going to go with uh, Clement's horse, Carson's run, Dylan Davis, East Coast Connections. I think Clement will have this horse in top shape for this race. All right. Now, you just heard these guys go over just five of the races with the two-year-olds tomorrow. Can you imagine what's going to happen on Saturday? When we come back, we're going to wrap it up by telling you where you should be and what you should be doing for the Breeders' Cup. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas's top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 12.30, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 12.30 a.m. in the Grand View Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grand View Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. 
At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Well, I hope you enjoyed this hour, but we have a little bit more to discuss, and that's where are you going to go and what are you going to do for the Breeders' Cup? You should be here. This is the biggest Breeders' Cup party in Las Vegas, and they do it right. And with me is Steve Johnson of the uh, race book here. And uh, Steve, you're going to tell us exactly all the great things that are about to happen here for Breeders' Cup. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Ralph. Uh, yep. Like you were saying, we have the biggest and best uh, Breeders' Cup party in the city. Uh, we'll be opening up the Grand Ballroom uh, at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, we'll be running through the uh, the last Breeders' Cup race, and we'll be back on Saturday mm -hmm. morning, opening up at 9 a.m. also. Uh, we'll have drink specials up there, uh, food specials, much cheaper than the, the uh, Big Macs in California. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, much but, better, too. Yeah. But we will also have uh, live riders upstairs as well as uh, kiosks. Yeah. for your wagering pleasure uh -huh. and, and big big banquet i love the banquet tables because they're so big you could spread out all your handicapping paraphernalia and still and have he's your... gonna need one for himself yeah 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 yep. these rags. <laughs> so, yeah they'll be seating for about 800 people up there yeah. so it'll be, we'll be it'll be great too and again what time do they open uh both days friday and saturday 9 a.m doors open all right now 9 a.m because uh first come first serve correct and the place usually gets filled up folks and it's a great place to watch it big Beautiful, well air conditioned, and all that stuff, and it's great. And and you get to share uh, the uh, great day of Breeders' Cup racing with your friends. And uh, hopefully, uh, if you listen to John and Jonathan tomorrow night here in the uh, seminar at the Grandview uh, Lounge, you, we may even uh, find a few winners for you on Saturday because you know these guys have already found winners for you uh, tomorrow as well. Now uh, the the race book will be open though downstairs here as well, right? Uh, yes. The Wagering will be, the live riders will be open uh, downstairs about 7.30 tomorrow, um, probably about 7 o'clock on Saturday. The kiosks will be available if you can't wait that long. Um, we do have racing forms available already for Friday. Saturday's forms will be here tomorrow morning. All right, the daily racing forms. Now, you come on in, and everything he just told you, folks, except for the betting itself and the purchasing of the food is free. The ballroom's free. The book is free. And you can park your car for free. It's just, that's the way they do business here at South Point because they love horse players. And we're going to have a great time tomorrow night in the uh, lounge with the seminar. And, of course, tomorrow afternoon. And, of course, Saturday in the uh, ballroom. Guys? I tell you, I'm looking forward to it, Ralph. And to tell you how they treat people here, I'm from California. And the Breeders' Cup is in my backyard, and I'm at the South Point Hotel. Well, there's a, yeah. We appreciate it. Better, better place, no doubt about it. Vinny, you're, come on in for a second. All right. <laughs> it, no, I want you. I want you to stay right here because I'm going to get. I'm going to go offset for a minute, and then I'm going to come back. I'll tell you why. Okay. All right. All right. This ought to be good. 
First of all, I love I love I love a show that where everybody's name ends in a vowel. <laughs> now you're gonna say Johnson. No, Steve ends in an E. So that's guys. I just want to say on behalf of uh, certainly this, the you know the South Point Michael Gone and Ryan Groundy, but Chrissy and Jimmy and I were back there listening. A terrific job, great job. And I know tomorrow at, here at South Point and at Rampart, you, Dwayne, you guys have seminars, you have um, uh, special events, and, and everything geared around uh, the two greatest days in horse racing. So, uh, on behalf of uh, of us, we uh, we want to just say thank you and well done. Good job picking out winners, that's for sure. Ralph, I just I'm not, listen, on. buddy. All right, which way you want me to go, left or right? Right here. All right. <laughs> See, I need a ladder to get back on there. Yeah, you need a boot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Now boost. But now I want John Lendo to tell us about his greatest Breeders' Cup moment. Because I, you know what hat I'm wearing. Yeah, I see what you're wearing there. Oh, wow. I claimed a horse in 2017 named Sky Diamonds. I claimed her for $40,000. Uh, she won a, a, group, a grade two, a couple of grade threes. Ended up running at uh, Del Mar in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, ran fourth that day. Didn't wow. embarrass me at all. Ran the next year in the Breeders' Cup at Churchill Downs. And we sold her as a broodmare. She's now in Japan, but we I think we got a half a million dollars for her at the sale afterwards. So it put us on a run that we, we really enjoyed. And to have be able to run in the Breeders' Cup in my own backyard, that was pretty yeah, special. I know. That was a favorite memory of yours. And I still wear the cap. Mm -hmm. uh, before uh, we go again now, you purchased her for how much? We claimed her for 40000 40000 You weren't at one of these sales with bidding millions of dollars on a horse nope. and gave it to a, a you know a top high profile trainer so what we're saying here in horse racing uh, you know it, it, winners can come from anywhere at any time and it's just a great feeling yeah i'd like to do that again sometime yeah. mm -hmm. all right Benny, uh, you got you got a, a horse that you like tomorrow uh well i'm glad that you asked yeah sure <laughs> yeah i know i did go with uh the two juvenile races right uh i'm gonna go yes candied there's, uh, a, there's five juvenile races. Well, I'm the juvenile Philly. I mean, no, juvenile fillies. And when I say juvenile, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like me, I'm a juvenile. <laughs> juvenile fillies. I'm going to go with uh, with Candied. Won the Alcibiades. I'm going to go, you know, take a little bit of a price instead of uh, uh, Money Mike. Is, that, is it you? you well, Tamara's going to be the big, big favorite in yeah, there, right? I know. I mean, so I'm going to try to beat the favorite. And then uh, uh, in the race that's going to determine the uh, uh, the, uh, the Derby, the Derby winner. Uh, the Derby future. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, uh, with Muth. I think it's going to be uh, a difficult uh, task to over overturn. That that, that uh, trio of stable mates is, yeah. uh, is probably going to be tough to beat, so. I think I'm going to go with Muth. All I, right. think, I, I think we ought to wrap it up right now, but I want to thank uh, John Lindo and uh, Dwayne Colucci and uh, Steve Johnson. Great and job, guys. Vinny, uh, Mugliolo, Thanks, Vinny. And the entire staff behind here that kept switching around to make us look halfway decent. <laughs> it's not, and, and you did a great job because we dorm, normally don't look decent at all. But in any case, we uh, invite you to come out and join us for the seminar tomorrow evening and the races in the Grand Ballroom for the Breeders' Cup. And uh, the last thing that all I want to say is that uh, we, w we only wish the horses and the jockeys safe trips around the racetrack. Definitely.